I've been tempted this week when preparing to preach about the transfiguration of Jesus to attempt to explain what I think it all means, what it says about the nature of Jesus, his place among the ancestors, or the way this particular plot point moves the narrative of Jesus' life along down the line toward the cross, the tomb, and the resurrection. But what if that's not the point? What if the point isn't to offer a theological explanation of Jesus' sudden change in appearance, but to stand in awe of him? To place ourselves there among the disciples who were looking on in awe and wonder, and who lost themselves for a moment in the splendor of it all. What if the point is not to understand, but to be suddenly and completely unsure? Suddenly and completely moved from the comfort of that which we know, that which we're sure about, and drawn out even deeper into the mysterious places of our faith. Those deep corners, those far reaches of our faith that call us not to a greater understanding of the divine, but to a more profound reliance on her. We find the disciples right there at the threshold between the past comfort of following Jesus, their teacher, healer, and friend, and a future following a Jesus who has completely transformed before their eyes, who is leading them down a risky path toward that unknown day and hour when the Son of Man rises from the dead thrust into the wilderness of not knowing, not knowing what it all means, not knowing to what rising from the dead Jesus is referring, not knowing what comes next, and yet moving forward with Jesus all the same, moving on to the next healing, the next teaching, and eventually the cross. Surely they wonder to themselves if this is the right call. I mean, they had to, right? Because none of it makes any sense. That dazzling display of bright light quickly overshadowed by a cloud carrying the booming voice of God. A temptation to stand there on that hill forever. But they stepped th through that threshold and into a place of uncertainty, not because they understood what it would mean, but because Jesus was the one who called them there. And does he not call us in the same way? Does Jesus not call us to abandon the comfort of thinking we've got it all figured out and invite us into that wilderness of unknowing, that mysterious place that gives way to transformation? Jesus is not interested in us knowing what it all means. Jesus is interested in us being willing to give up that sense of certainty that keeps us static unmoved in the face of revelation because Jesus can work with that Jesus can work in and through us when we avail ourselves to the wilderness when we step trepidatious though we may be forward down a path that inherently requires a passage from the comfort of what was into the mystery of what could be Peter, James, and John may be able to lay claim to the brightest and shiniest revelation, but they certainly can't claim them all. 
the glory of God is revealed to us over and over again throughout history in ways big and small, in burning bushes, in booming voices, and in deep silence, in moments of surrender, moments of triumph, and moments of deep despair. And in the same way, God is revealed to each one of us over and over again, each time shaking us from the complacency of certainty and inviting us into a place of more profound faith. We might not be able to see the path set before us, but we can see Jesus. And all that Jesus is asking is for that to be enough. Are we capable of leaning harder into a life of faith when the path before us grows murkier and less obvious? Is the revelation of Jesus enough for us? Or do we demand more? More answers, more knowledge, more assurance that the next step will lead to prosperity or success? Do we demand more than the promise that Jesus will make himself known to us and reveal the abundant love that God has for us? Maybe these are the questions we should take the opportunity to ask ourselves this Lent. Because at one time or another, we are all confronted with these opportunities, these chances to choose between where we are comfortable and where Jesus might be calling us to get uncomfortable. Maybe you're considering a move or a career change. Maybe you're stuck in a rut at work or in a relationship. Moments like these provide us with the opportunity to really slow down and wait, listen deeply, and keep our eyes fixed on how and where God is being revealed to us. And if you're thinking to yourself that Jesus doesn't care what kind of law you practice or what city you live in, or whether you feel like you've hit a plateau at work, that, my friend, is a sign of the complacency that keeps us rooted in what's easy. These threshold moments in our lives are precisely where our faith calls us to take one step closer to the place where God is revealing herself to us, even when we can't see what lies beyond. This doesn't always mean that we have to leave behind that job or that city either. It's possible that God shows up there too when we get our heads out of the sand long enough to look. Or maybe you're like me and this whole pandemic has forced you right to the edge of what you feel like you are capable of. Teetering between the desire to keep your head buried in the sand and shutting out the world and keeping your head in the clouds full of wishful thinking that surely this thing just has to end already. But despite the difficulty of the present circumstances, Jesus adopts a no days off policy when it comes to revelation. Jesus is still showing up in our world and in our communities and in our lives. And right now, even if we feel like there's nothing left to hold on to, this might just be the perfect time to catch a glimpse. That's the, the promise of the transfiguration for me, that Jesus will at some point demand to be seen, dazzling robes and all. Even if we're lost in the wilderness, struggling to keep our feet on the trail, Jesus will insist on being noticed. Even when we're so far in the weeds that we can't imagine that there's a way out, Jesus will make himself known to us. And what does his revelation mean other than that the abundant love of God is present in our lives? It's present in our world, and it demands to be seen.
And if we let ourselves really look at it and take it in, I think that we'll find that we don't need more than that. We will stand in awe of that abundant love. We will lose ourselves for a moment in the splendor of it all. And then it will call us out into the next wilderness season of our lives, asking us to lean into the mystery of faith and trusting that when we follow Jesus down that unclear path, we might be met there once again with a dazzling revelation of God's love for us. Amen.